Hey guys, welcome back. This is CordsAheeCordsAheeDotcom, and we are coming back to you live, 8 a.m. this morning, with an all-new, brand-new podcast episode, as we're going to be covering everything. For what happened with Kawhi Leonard against Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic news, breaking news surrounding Damian Lillard, Portland Trailblazers, Jason Kidd, uh, Bucks, Nats, Suns, Hawks, different things like that. And we're also going to be breaking down the two games that are today. But even before we get to all of that, because we got a lot of madness to get to, the good, the bad, and the ugly of everything that happened, and there's a lot of it. First of all, I want to first talk about our membership plans. And these are not just things that We'll just be sitting, like, you guys just be spending a few bucks on per month, not getting much out of. No, this is in-depth content of things that's happening in the present, present, to get you to know, to say, hey, this is what's happening, here's why, what's going to happen, here's why it's happening, what our feelings are on it, what our experts are saying, and what it's going to be. And it's worked every single time, and people have gained more and more knowledge in the NBA about certain topics like what's been surrounding the Sphinx Suns against the Lakers. How were they how they were able to overcome the Chris Paul injury. We broke down the Pine Tournament. We broke down the Knicks. We broke down everything. But I wanted to say this is not gonna be like ESPN where you have to pay six bucks or how however much I know it's more or add six bucks. Six dollars to pay for per month, or all these different memberships. We have to pay more than ten dollars. We're not about that. We want to be on the cost-effective side, on the side that says, "Hey, here's you'll have to put a few bucks into something that you're able to get tons of perks and rewards from." So without further ado, let's just name it. So we're on a special right now that if you get our silver membership or elite membership, your first three days will be free. Yes, you heard that correct. Your first three days upon signing up for our jaw form will be for free. That means you get to test it out, go to the site, see all of our in-depth exclusive articles. We'll even send you on the first, second, or third day, any one of those three days, depending when you sign up, a newsletter, both of our newsletters, so you get a fill of everything. So you're not just getting the one one side of the content, but you're getting the whole scope of it. And hey, if you don't like it within the first three days, cancel on the second day or third day. However, it works out and you won't even be charged. And that's a guarantee. So if you're like saying on the second day, look, this isn't for me, go ahead and just cancel your subscription or email us and we'll take it all square away for you and you'll never be charged. That's the beauty of it. But here's the thing, the reason why we offer the delete membership and silver membership, because we know it can get pricey when you calculate it per year. Everything adds up. That's why I want to start for a silver membership. After the first three days of it being free, for free, not putting a penny down, out on your fourth day, it will be charging you $2 per month. Now, before you say, Whoa, that's going to be $24 a year. Look, let me just say this. 
per month, you'll be getting two articles, two coupons, one newsletter, and commenting on every single post. Then now that's not bad. That's not bad at all. So every other week for the silver membership, you guys will be having membership access every single other. I'm sorry, every other week while still going back to the vault of our previous RIN memberships. So if you did that every time, you would be getting huge perks. Like you would be getting 12 newsletters a year. Um, you would be getting 24 exclusive articles and 24 coupons that would be saving you up to 80% or more on your total purchase. And now if you look at all of our products, like a Jason Tatum PSA 9 card we're selling, we're selling that for $30. Or generally that's being sold for $50, $60. Legit, look at PSA 9 Optic Jason Tatum card. He was amazing before the Celtics got booted. And you can have a piece of history for all the times he had 50-point games and everything else. But getting back to it. That's the silver membership. That could be over or underwhelming or just at or at the level of balance for two dollars a month. But hey, we get it. If you're not invest, if you're not interested in that one, don't invest your time in that one. We personally recommend this one, not for the price, but we could care less. But we'll, you can benefit from this, and this would be after your first three days of being it for free. It will be three dollars per month, and I get we're going up a dollar, but you'll be getting four exclusive articles, four coupons, two newsletters, commenting on posts, personal email sent right to you to let you know that your articles, newsletters are right there for you to read without you having to search across our website or on our social media, and that would be. Per month, right? So imagine this. You're getting 48 exclusive articles. 48 exclusive coupons that has 70 to 80% up and going higher off your total purchases. And then you'll have 24 newsletters. 24 newsletters talking about products on Friday morning to give you even more deals off. To our exclusive or in-depth news are on Mon- on Sunday mornings, and then of course you'll have those personalized emails which you would be getting, um, including oh well if you'd be including in all the newsletters and then all the articles, um, just gonna do some quick math. You'll be getting seventy-two emails from us personalized. You wouldn't even have to click anything like searching, going on the internet. Having to do all the hard work of that because who wants to try to find it? It'll be sent right towards you in for three dollars a month when it adds up to thirty six dollars. It doesn't matter because it's only three dollars a month. It doesn't really matter because you say, "Hey, I'm I'm getting forty eight exclusive articles, one per every single week, getting newsletters consistently every single week, Friday morning, Sunday morning." Without fail, top notch, rated better than ESPN's, Bleacher Reports, and even Outkicks. If for everybody that's a fan of those free. 
And that's really cool. And people have been loving these newsletters, have been coming back for more. These memberships have been going out of style. Like they like they were like the most explosive thing on the market when sports first came out. Legit. Because people are realizing that this non-political, just basketball, just entertainment, newsletters and articles are giving them NBA insider tips and moments that they're not getting from the uh, Rachel Nichols show on ESPN, like NBA Jump, the uh, NBA on TNT, pre-game, post-game, whatever you want to say from that. It's not like all the podcasts, like the Low Post podcast or the McMahon podcast or anything like that. Not even the Woj podcast. We are so much better with that because we're giving you day-by-day analysis and exclusive article-by-exclusive article breakdown of every single topic that we know that will be most important for you to consume. And without fail, we'll get those news articles and exclusive articles out every Sunday by between 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. So I would highly recommend strongly recommend that you get the elite membership all the perks are there um short and simple of it we're gonna be putting all of the links down to the description below so if you're on the newly updated itunes the google podcast soundcloud and everything else i know we're on so many more platforms we're getting back to youtube i just haven't been able to get to the editing side because of how many articles, how many podcasts, how many new ideas we're coming out with. But for people that enjoyed it on YouTube, we're getting back to that. But always head over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and even Google Podcasts, wherever else you get it. Even IGTV. We're on there. We're on everywhere. So just search us. And here's a great way, real quick. I know I didn't want to talk in social media right now, but I think this is very important. Just go to Google, go to the Google machine, search Corte Heave, one word, and boom, bada bang, you'll see our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and everything else, Tumblr, our website, our podcast, and everything else, and you can just click it from there. But at the end, I will give our usernames and everything else at the end. Now, I want to, I want to break, I want to break a few articles down. I want to break a few articles down real quick that came through the headlines last night that I saw were pre yesterday, right? Because, as we know, and I'm just going to start with the obvious one, Tom Thibodeau. I'm going to start with the obvious one that everyone probably heard of today, that another award came through, and Tom Thibodeau has won the 20, I believe it was the 2021 2020-2021 NBA Coach of the Year Award. Congratulations to New York Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau um, actually won this award, but this is not his first season winning the award. Meaning, this is his second time in his career, in his professional coaching career, that he uh, has won this award. Meaning, when was the last time? Actually, when he was with the Chicago Bulls back in 2011-2012, with his first season with the Chicago Bulls with a young, healthy Derrick Rose, 
MVP form, Derrick Rose, he won Coach of the Year. And Tom Thibodeau has always been a mastermind in the game of basketball. He's been amazing. He transformed his team to a 41-31 record. Better, had a better combined win status than the past two Knicks teams. He was able to take him to the playoffs, even though getting out of the, even though getting booted in the first round. He's transformed Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, and even had very help like Derrick Rose, and that's what allowed him to win this um, award. And this is a really cool award, but this he also creates history with this. He also creates history with this, meaning, so. Thibodeau is the first head coach in NBA history to win two Coach of the Year awards in his first year with two different franchises as a coach. Obviously, we're just talking about the Knicks. And second, where he started out his career with would be the Chicago Bulls. And um, how surprising that Derrick Rose won... MVP with uh, Tibbs, and Tibbs won his uh, Coach of the Year award with Derrick Rose. Then, 10 years later, they meet up again, and they're in there. They're fighting for the playoffs, and they both get to celebrate the moment again of saying, whoa, um, I just won Coach of the Year again. I just had my original star player uh, from a decade ago on this team again as a veteran. So that, that was pretty cool. Also, this is the third Knicks head coach to win this award. It was him, Pat Riley in 93, and then Red Hosman. I, I'm sorry if I botched that name, but Red Hosman, uh, H-O-L-Z-M-A-N in 1970. And this award was really close. It was really close. Um, it was between him and Monty Williams. The final totals was 351 to, four, to 340. Monty came in second, and Thibodeau came in first. However, before I rang down on his parade, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment to win it one time. But it's a spectacular, unbelievable reality and accomplishment to win it two times in your coaching career, both for different organizations, creating history, um, being only the third Knicks head coach to win. That says a lot since they had so many head coaches and being put with big names like Pat Riley. We know what he did to the Heat organization. And having huge culture change for the Heat that allowed them to have the big free, that allowed them to have all these championships and different things like that. However, despite Thibodeau not winning the first place votes, he got enough second round, uh, second place votes to get him that push, to get him that boost of winning that award. And to me, Monty Williams should have won. Not because I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and I have incredible bias for the Phoenix Suns. And I'll get to the Phoenix Suns in the, in the later in this podcast. And um, 
I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. But Monty Williams should have won because, A, he had a better record. B, he transformed and developed um, these players better. He took a team from nothing like Thibodeau and was able to take him into the playoffs right now to the second round. A struggling Suns team who hasn't played, who hasn't made a deck uh, playoffs in a decade, who Monty Williams, that was his best season. He was able to take this team of good players, superstars, a veteran, all the way to the playoffs with four fifty one, um, with a fifty one winning a uh, game winning season. Something the Suns haven't seen in a long time. We've seen great development for the Suns. A great head coach under a great head coach that the Suns have. And basically, I thought that Monty Williams got robbed. Because this was his best season. And Thibodeau did deserve it. He put a strong chance. But I think Monty just deserved it. Because he took his Suns from being out of pause for a decade... The coming back, say no, we got the fight. Devin Booker became more explosive on money. DeAndre Ayn finally had a role, a significant role in the Suns' offense due to money and finally, and finally able to say, okay, this is what we got to do with DeAndre, and this is how we get him involved. And then getting Chris Paul and putting his veteran presence and the leadership and mindset implementing that in this team and strategy and just battling through injuries, COVID, and everything else. And that was huge. That was significant. I thought this was the best time for Monty Williams to win this award, but it did not look that way as he was 11 votes shy despite getting two more than Tom Thibodeau for... Uh, first place votes. I saw it. I saw it. I saw. I saw it. He was gonna. I thought he was gonna win it, but no matter what, Monty Williams was still humble in response, congratulating, uh, Tom Thibodeau, um, saying how um amazing and oh cool. And those weren't the exact words. Basically, he basically said that towards like. Wow, winning that twice. Because he even pointed it out, like saying, that's a huge accomplishment for winning once. I think he won it twice. Pretty much what he's saying. And no matter which way you do it, congrats to Tom Thibodeau. I can make more of an argument for Monty Williams to win it. But that's not the point of me bringing up this topic. I want to let the man enjoy uh, his victory Without me crashing down on it and saying, well, Monty Williams should have done this because it's a better record, better blah, 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 and different things like that. Which would have made it really enjoy- unenjoyable, especially for the Knicks fans who haven't seen the dawn, of, uh, the dawn of day in I don't know how long. Okay, uh, speaking about head coaches, players, and different things like that, Portland. Portland could not be in more of a, um, an interesting situation. Damian Lillard's top guy, Jason Kidd, who um, Damian Lillard, well, top guy meaning top head coach that Damian Lillard wanted the Portland Trailblazers to sign. 
Jason Kidd made official yesterday, somewhere around there, that he was he was removing his name from he was removing his name from Portland from the Portland conversation of being um, involved with um, the head coaching conversation. Will he be a head coach? Jason Kidd just uh, just sealed just chopped that off. Any hope that he had. Just cut in like, nope. He, so he removed his name, and so that means Daniel Lard's top guy is out. So that means the Portland Trailblazers needs to find someone else. And Daniel Lard really wanted him. And Daniel Lard was saying, well, I want to trade it, and I want to, and my top destination is I may want to go to. This is not definite list. This is not confirmed by any stretch. But he may want to go to the Lakers. He may want to be potential trade to the Lakers, Knicks, Celtics, bomb anywhere that would be a huge market that would say, okay, we know what Damien's up to now, coming into his 10th season in the league. And not getting Jason Kidd. While Jason Kidd is not signing anybody else, but removing your name. So, like, I don't want to be considered with Portland. Portland's a mess. And Portland is a mess. Their franchise is just discombobulated. And Terry Stott just was a horrible coach. He wasn't, he's not as bad as Lloyd Pierce or Stan Van Gundy, but he's bad. He's up there. He's definitely up there. I would have, I would have cut ties with him a, a few seasons ago. So now you have an angry Damian Lord trying to get a good head coach that he wanted. However, could not get that. And so now, available head coaches are like the four. I forgot the guy's name, but the former Wizards head coach who got fired. That was never breaking news, but I'm just going to tie that now. Uh, let me find that. Wizards, I know Wizards, uh, eight, who's our head coach? Oh, Scott Brooks. Was that Scott Brooks? Yeah, Scott Brooks. And the Wizards have departed. And now it's now it's getting crazy about now Scott Brooks is done now the Celtics Wizards Portland uh I'm sorry yeah Celtics Trailblazers and um and the Celtics I said never mind but there's three teams like the Wizards Celtics Trailblazers Funga though let's correct it that need a head coach. Jason Kidd still flowing around for the other two teams, excluding the Trailblazers. Lloyd Pierce is getting thrown into the conversation. Um, it will be a horrible move for the Celtics because Lloyd Pierce was one of the first names popped up for the for the Celtics. Um, yeah, uh, boy, uh, it's gonna be tough. I can't say who's gonna go where because they're still in the playoffs. Offseason has technically started for all teams eliminated, but still, um, I can't really make any bases. Jason Kidd would be amazing with the Celtics. I highly suggest that. Remember, I said that a few podcast episodes ago. I also, I I also think. Well, hold on. Before well, before we get to that, there's one more guy, and I, I have to look him. I think he was the Warriors assistant. I'm just gonna tie in that breaking news, cause why not? It would it would be stupid not for me to tie it in, because 
Everybody wants to become a head coach now. Legit, I'm not kidding. But yes, assisting um, head coach Jerron Collins is moving on from the Golden State work, trying to eye up, trying to seek a head coaching position. Um, that was a long-time assistant. Collins and, and the Warriors have mutually agreed to part ways as he's, as he's trying to pursue um, head coaching abilities, trying to become something greater than just an assistant coach. He he said, um, he said, quote, this is about myself, my own personal growth, end quote. He's basically trying to grow some more into his um, like head coach. And where I can see him fifth, he's trying to grow more, is how desperate will the Wizards get. Because Wizards would be a good destination for him. He would be thrown into the mix. If the Wizards are desperate enough, they'll give him like a two-for-year uh, contract. And that would be interesting. And he's made a, he made appearances before in interviews, like the Chicago Bulls in 2020, like the Grizzlies in 2019, with the Atlanta Hawks in 2018. Uh, and what was really interesting, he would have left the um, Warriors for the Grizzlies. However, he turned down a lead assistant coaching job under Taylor Jenkins, who's the Grizzlies head coach. So, he's ready. He's trying to prime. He thinks this is the time to say, you know what? Three teams are opened up. Who's next and who wants me? How can I make a case for it? Because he is, he's getting interviews. Lots of people are like, okay, let's interview this guy. Especially with the Chicago Bulls before they got Don, uh, Billy Donovan. With the Grizzlies in 2019 before Taylor Jenkins. Before, before Lloyd Pearson. Uh, in 2018 with the Hawks. Now they actually have a good head coach, Nate McMillan. They choose to continue with him as they're battling in the puffs, which is significant. But, yeah, this is where where we're at. This is where we're at. He's a former player, so he gets it. He played 10 seasons. This could be his time. I don't know. So now we got Collins, Stott, uh, Scott. We got Scott Brooks. And we have Jason Kidd, Lloyd Pierce, and, and and one more guy. So many people are opening up, but by far looking at my ranks, and I'm gonna make a podcast episode um in the upcoming days, probably next week, two weeks, whatever, talking about breaking down the top available assistant or going into head coaching roles. That would be perfect for, say, the Celtics, the Wizards, or the Trailblazers. But the uh, the point of my story, the point of this topic, was that this isn't looking good for Damian Lillard. No matter how you cut this up, Damian Lillard's not not, not he's not going to be happy, right? He's not happy right now, and and Damian Lillard's plea to get. Jason Kidd for the Blazers to hire Jason Kidd blew up in his face. Jason, he said, he said on Portland's opening position, Jason Kidd is the guy I want. That was three days ago. That was ported by the likes of Yahoo Sports, the Athletic, and whatnot. However, 
Jason Kidd did not want to be associated with that organization nor the players around, hence removing his name from it. And Poland's a mess. You have to get someone really dedicated to the rebuild process that's going to be good enough to keep Damian Lord here. We're not going to have to ship Damian Lord off. Your franchise player who you've been trying to do something with for nine years and you saw Mark Dolich was going to work, but not really. You saw CJ McCollum's going to work. Then with uh, Carmelo Anthony being a supporting role player, that didn't work out. It's being part of supporting cast. So it's been going up and down. And then this was the icing on the cake with the Blazers getting booted in Game 7 against the Nuggets when they couldn't hold on to defense. And Damian Lillard two games ago held on with 55 points and 10 assists and just could not keep the Trailblazers going because no one else was scoring in the double overtime besides him. Legit, 17 out of 19 points were consistent of him. But, yeah, so... This is not looking good. But here, people are wanting... Experts are saying LA is going to be a front contender for Damian Lillard. That could be LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Damian Lillard. I get you have to give them some pieces. Um, but in the ideal world, that would be an awesome big free. Then Kawhi's season's coming up. Con- well, contract's coming up after the playoffs, depending on how far they go. And his contract's coming up. So we have tons of things to talk about. If Damian Lillard's going to be traded... What they're going to be doing with Kawhi Leonard, where that's going to be going, all these different things. And when it gets time for the free agent market, like a day or two before, we're going to break down every single one that's going to be going before they make their decision. Like, i.e. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Stephen Curry. Even though Stephen Curry is going to be committed to a $250 million contract, how many more of those uh, huge money contracts he's going to be getting going later into his career and getting older by the minute. Okay, speaking about free agency and players, this one is actually really, really good for what's its name? Um, I'm sorry. For Luka Doncic, like today I've been having like a really bad brain break on like NBA and whatnot. Even watching... Um, last night's Phoenix Suns game. Yeah, even last night I had a bad brain break because I was like, oh man, I know this. I, I just been forgetting players' names and whatnot. But yeah, talk about Luka Doncic, free agency, the Mavs, Christoph Porzingis being felt betrayed, betrayed, and being put in the shadow. Of Luka Doncic. Everything's going on. Rick Carcel's like. I'm not going anywhere. Um, It was confirmed by. Multiple. Sources around the NBA. Even people within the Mavs organization. Saying yeah. Rick Carcel for the moment is not going anywhere. And they're going all in. On their franchise player. Luka Doncic. So. Here we go. He is set to sign a five year. 200 plus million dollar contract about 21 million dollars for five years that is his rookie max contract extension that would take him into his mid to late late 20s 
probably his late twenties, probably like between the range of twenty or twenty nine, somewhere around there. But that is a boatload of money that the Mavs are willing to do to retain a franchise player. But even though it's not official, Luka Doncic was asked in an interview with reports to wrap that was wrapping up the Mavericks season. And it was asking about whether or not Luca would be re-signed with the Mavs. Would he take the contract if given, like the five-year, two hundred million dollars once, two hundred million dollar contract? This was his uh, answer. Quote: "Uh, I think you know the answer. I'm not going to lie to you." Um, end quote. Because he continued after some laughter, pick up back a quote. I think you know the answer. End quote. That means he's going to take it because no human being in their right mind would miss an opportunity in their prime coming off a dominant third season of twenty of 27-7-8 per game. And there was nothing stopping him. He was a one-man mission, one-man gang, a team. Kershaw Porzingos was a useless this season. Yeah, they had some good players as a supporting cast, but it was truly coming down to Luka Doncic. And they're going to, and why would you pass up on that? That would be crazy for $201 million. He would set history as the only NBA player ever to have a max rookie contract that would be over $200 million. And I believe he's worth every single penny if he keeps acting this way. And keeps performing and balling out. So congrats on him. That's a huge accomplishment. And while it's not official. While people say well there's a roadblock. There could be. But here's the thing. The only way you can get. uh, The only way you can get this rookie max contract extension. Is by getting. Well here's the thing. And it's not going to ruin it because. He had a 27-7-8, and he should be able to make this easily as, as he did last season. For a franchise to sign a rookie to a ma- rookie max contract, they would need the following. So basically, Doncic needs to secure one more All-NBA team award, as we had one from the past season, which I just mentioned. And if he does that, then the team this summer can immediately have him sign. If he's agreeing, if the, other part, if he, if the players are agreeing to that contract, which I want to see why he would turn down. Because I seen the Mavericks can get better. And having all that money is amazing. And that would just set you for life. Depending how you utilize it. And how you spend and save. Right? But here it confirmed it. The NBA is going to give him that all, um, all team NBA award. I don't see why not. He got last season. And this season was arguably the best since giving getting the Mavs within the fifth seed, take them to the playoffs, made it interesting with the Clippers as it was just a one-man gang against Kawhi and PG-13. So, pretty cool. The dude's cashing in high. He is taking no risk. He has had no major injuries. This is a great investment for the... Uh, Mavericks, and I believe the first season of that first year of that contract, he's scheduled to make thirty four million, 
and it'll just keep going after that until they get to $201 million for over those five years. And that's pretty much how it's going. And that's like, I think there was like a crazy stat that that's like 30% of the team cap space. So yeah, the team cap space, so the cap limit, he took a 30% of the space. Which is crazy, but since it only took 30% of, excuse me, of that cap, it's actually not bad. Because you're able, if you're able to get your star player back, who battled for the EuroLeagues, who's been a star since very young, since he's had a camera on him and the lights were shining on him, and he was going up against grown men in the EuroLeagues. Yeah. Special, special, special player. He deserves every single penny of that contract, especially if he keeps producing the way it is, and he does not end out like Andrew Wiggins did with his max contract and just became more of a bum before he got out of Minnesota. And, yeah, we'll talk about that another day. Or just go to courtsheat.com, and you can see the Andrew Wiggins, rise and fall of Andrew Wiggins, and where he is right now with the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Speaking about Luka Doncic having the battle PG-13 Kawhi, I'm not going to talk too much on this because it is old news in a sense. Well, it didn't, have to, it didn't happen yesterday, and I meant to get a podcast episode out yesterday, but I decided to hold back because I had some special plan if the Suns won or if they lost coming out of game one against the Nuggets. I wanted to see how the Brooklyn Nets face against the Bucks. And it just looked better. Plus, um, yeah. Plus, Sunday night, I was really tired. I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. All kidding. Like, all kidding aside. But, yeah, moving on from that, that is why I wanted to get it. Plus, I want to have a better perspective on the Bucks against Broken Nets. And you'll be surprised if you guys have sticked along this far. Because this is by far one of the craziest things that have happened to the Bucks so far. And this could cost Mike Boonholzer his job at the end of the season and could see huge, huge repercussions, huge consequences to Giannis and his small, 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 small big free. Okay, so we did not know. The, uh, so the Mavericks Clippers, the Mavericks won 105 to 100. Kawhi hit a horrible free in that game five where Dallas was able to take a free to lead. Needless to say, the Clippers came back on Mavericks territory, battled back that entire game in that game six, a game six where the Clippers dominated the entire time, was shooting 46% from the field, 29% from free pointers, and having 70% from the free throw line. While they got the, they while they did not have the most points in the paint, they did have less fouls. They have it was weighing the pros and cons. You didn't have to go off those stats because stats did not mean a lot. The only thing I will say, Kawhi did score forty five points. Reggie Jackson came in with twenty five, and then Paul George twenty and thirteen on his stat line. That was all well and good. Paul George has not been the same that we saw it. We were going to be seeing this season, last season, whenever he signed that huge contract, especially for his skill set and whatnot, and where he was at physically and mentally. 
But basically, Kawhi Leonard dominated that game against Luka Doncic. Doncic tried with 29 points and with Tim Hardaway Jr. with 23. He was still dealing with that neck injury, but much better in Game 6. Just the Clippers outlasted him. And when you saw it, it could get any worse for the Clippers. I mean, for the Mavericks. The Clippers came and beat him 126 to 111. When it was close, the Mavericks had the spotlight. Dallas did have the lead. And it was weird. That, uh, so, okay, so breaking down each quarter by scoring, the Mavericks outscored the Clippers 38 to 35. And then, second and third quarter, it was all Clippers. 35 to 24, then 30 to 23. Then fourth quarter, they tied 26 apiece. Doncic went off for impressive 46, 14, and 7. While uh, Kawhi Leonard went for 28, 10, and 9. One say short of his triple double. Um, Marcus Moore Sr. went off for 23 and 5. Paul George, 22 and 10. And just keep trickling down to Nick Baum 11, Reggie Jackson 15, and different things like that. The Clippers all the way around just played better. Both teams played better. Uh, it was pretty close. Mavericks as a team were shooting 49.5% from the field. Clippers rounded the nose at 15, 50%. So basically right there, what killed the Mavericks was free pointers as they were only able to convert 27% of them where the Clippers were able to get 46%. Free throws, 100% from the Clippers, but only 64% from the Mavs. Clippers had 24 out of 24 for free throws, 7, 11 out of 17 for the Mavericks, which killed the Mavericks. But ultimately, Chris Paul Porzingis did not do his thing. Sure, you got 16 points, 11 rebounds, but if you break that down 43 minutes, that's not good on 50% shooting and all of that coming late in the game when it really did not matter when it was needed most. And you could just see fatigue and mobility not on his side when you needed it more. Uh, Luka Doncic could not have done anything more. It was like Damian Lillard in that game five, I believe. Game five, game six, where it was game five, I mean. Where we saw him just keep bound, scoring, hustling, hitting three-pointers, missing, getting turnovers, steals, creating shots, trying to get teammates involved, hustling, hustling, and all these different things. Luca exercised everything, sprinted up and down, not wanting to give up, hustled from the beginning to the end, tried his very best. In 46, 14, 7, 45 minutes, means a lot he did not skip a beat he tried he tried and it was still a game until really the third quarter kicked in mid to late third quarter and then when the fourth quarter came in it was over it was sealing her deal and Kawhi was successful what was being made fun of, including me of Kawhi, questioning this experience, saying get it over with. Paul George failed, and Kawhi on rose to the occasion. And it's just as simple as that. And it was a team effort for the Clippers, but Kawhi had that veteran leadership in him, had that championship-like mentality, 
having that puff obsession of winning and different things like that. What what a beautiful way to go out for the Clippers going advancing to the next round against oh who was that? Was it was it the Hawks? Against the Jazz that's actually happening today, seven PM. I was wrong about the Clippers. I saw the way I was looking. All three of my brackets had the Mavericks winning before after game one, after game two. And just because they're up one nothing and two nothing, but I counted out Kawhi Leonard. I made a lot of mistakes, and he's proved me wrong once again. That's why he is a free time NBA fi- NBA final MVP. Um, that's why he's the MVP. That's why he's a multi time champion of the NBA finals, and that's why he's regarded as one of the best players of all time. Better, and made teams around him better. Like the Raptors, like the Spurs, like even now the Clippers. So, without further ado, that's what we'll see. The Clippers will now be facing the Jazz. Um, real quick, the I'm just going to cover real quick. Hawks against 76ers. Hawks were able to take the lead over. Uh, were able to take the advantage over. The 76ers winning at 128-124. Wow, this was a really good game for a lot of good players. So, Trey Young had 35-10. and 10. John Collins, 21-4. and 4. Clint Capella, 11-10. and 10. Bogdan Donovich, 21-5. And, and yeah, just whooped down the hurting... 76ers, Joel Embiid did not look good in the first half. Second half, he rebounded, but first quarter, he really struggled. Shows inefficiency, and while he did score 39 points and 9 rebounds, it just did not feel that way, and the Hawks were pretty much controlling this game since the first quarter, second quarter, and then somehow Philly in the third half, I mean in the second half, Third and fourth quarter, Manly fourth quarter came back and almost made an interesting game. But we, but no matter what the lead was, it just felt like a Hawks type of game in Philadelphia. Winning the first game, I thought Philly was gonna come out. I thought the Hawks were gonna come out. Really good game and happy for Nate McMillan and Trey Young led team. In the next game, next game since we're talking about it. Will be, uh, to uh, will be today at four thirty p.m. Arizona time. Last game in Philly. We'll break that down along with the last game of tonight, which is seven p.m. AZ time. Clippers against Jazz. Game one. But real quick, I want to talk about Bucks Nets real quick, and then I'm gonna get to the Suns, and then we'll start wrapping it up with the. Predictions sure to go right, or as we remember, predictions sure to go wrong because it's been affecting my brackets heavily, and some of my poor and good decision making has been weighed and has been uh, shown. So, the Bucks. Um, I'm gonna start in game one. The Bucks, even though it did not feel like a Nets win, like always. Leading by 20, then 15, going up and down. Like where the Bucks never had 
a good lead. I don't think the Bucks lose after the first quarter, but then it just turned into a Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving field trip, a field day of just scoring, consistency, rebounds, steals, assists, making good plays, taking it to the rim, protecting it, attacking it, and all those good things, especially about James Harden game one and two, because um, James Harden uh, just tweaked his right hamstring again, and he's considered day-to-day. He missed game one and game two. However, the Knicks, uh, I'm sorry, the Nets did have good outcomes. But I'm going to start with game one. Game one, Nets won, 115-107. The Giannis scored 34-11. Did not really feel like a true one because I watched that game. And Giannis could have been attacking the rim more. He just settled or kicked it out or didn't even try at all. But when he was attacking the rim when he wanted to, he was able to without fail. And no one could stop him. Now was like with the likes of Kyrie, Katie, Joe Harris, or even Blake Griffin. Real quick, I respect the hustle of Blake Griffin, who had 18 points and 14 rebounds. He hustled. He dove on the ground for many loose balls. He hadn't created many um, jump ball attempts. Yeah, I think he had like two or three, probably two. And he was just crawling, scratch, doing the dirty work in the paint, getting on the floor, boxing out Giannis, boxing out Brook Lopez, boxing out Milton Holiday, Tugger, whoever they needed. Tugger did not show great defensive stance, but no one down the Bucks, which led to the capitalization of the Nets. Scoring every single time, attacking, attacking, free pointers, mid jumpers, and everything else. Blake Griffin had a few dunks in there, but back to Blake Griffin, he was electrifying from the free point range. I'm not even kidding. They actually shot really well from the free point range. They were 37% from freeze, 8 of 9 free throws, 46%, really 47% from the field goal. From field goals. And it was just a dominant game after the first quarter. Heading into the second, third, and fourth. Which is something I'm very proud of. And I won the Nets to win. But I'm always a fan of the Nets. And also the the Bucks. But I'm going to be taking the Nets throughout this entire series. As in my bracket. Hopefully that doesn't go wrong. But so far, we have something interesting. Now, up the game two that happened yesterday. The Nets completely destroyed in the final game of, in the Brooklyn Center. I mean, the Barclays Center. It was 125 to 86 Nets. The Nets completely dominated as Kyrie had 22, Durant 32, Harris 13, uh, Griffin, 7, and everyone else, 13-10. Uh, real quick, they shot 50% from the three-point line, 52% from field goal range, 85% from free throws. They uh, had two less total rebounds. Doesn't really matter. They had con- way more assists, uh, s- way more steals, less turnovers, even though they had a lot of points and paints, it did not matter. They were converting on their free um 
on her free pointers and field goals in general nicely. And even though foul trouble was the same, that did not hold him down as the first quarter was having 36-19 Brooklyn and it was always Brooklyn. After each quarter, like 36-19 Brooklyn, 29-22 Brooklyn, 30-24 Brooklyn, 30-21 Brooklyn. The only time they went below 30 was in the second quarter with 29. And that is just huge. That is just huge. John had a horrible game. 18 points on rebounds. Uh, Holiday, 13 points. Middleton, 17 points. Um, everybody gave up after the second quarter coming out of halftime. You could just tell because the original had that cut down to 17 points, then jumped back up to 30 points, and then just kept kind of slightly decreased, but then just majorly jumping up, just major spikes, not letting up, not going back down. It was all net. Never once was it the Bucks, and it was really disappointing showing. If you followed along or went play-by-play on the score box and whatnot, you could just tell Giannis was not having it. First half was not his. I was surprised he even got 18 points and 11 rebounds. And that's in 31 minutes. He went 8 for 15. The Greek Freak had a horrible game. Mike Boonholzer could be fired after this season just because of how bad his Bucks been playing, how bad they have not been able to advance many rounds in the playoffs each season, and why they've just been struggling with the likes of Giannis, Lopez, Holiday, Milton, and even uh, P.G. Tucker. That should be a winning team. They should have won. They gave up way too early, even with the considerable uh, deficit. You should have never given up, but hey, you can't fix it now. All you have to do is go back to Milwaukee and you have to win one. Or this thing could be looking like a sweep because if you get swept, there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of questions. Questioning my Boonholzer and actually his talent. Because if you remember, Jason Kidd was the one that transformed Giannis. He was the one that transformed Giannis from a scrappy kid with no muscle into this Greek freak, two-time MVP, setting him set himself set himself up for success and everything else. That was Jason Kidd. That was not Mike Boonholzer. Mike Boonholzer was just there for the glory, while Jason Kidd was not. Originally, but yeah, really bad games for everyone. The Bucks. It was a lopsided Nets game. That's all I can say. They did fifty percent higher on all of their shots, free throws, field goal percents, free pointers, all all above fifty percent, which is really hard and really impressive to do. And I congratulate them on that. They will be going to. Milwaukee this Thursday, June tenth, four thirty p.m. As the Bucks need to win one, just say, "Hey, we're still here, and we're still being a force to reckon with." This is the revenge game that Giannis now else needs to prove that this is not going to be just the Nets, 
as I want to entertain series as I know you guys want it. Okay, I want to talk about the Suns real quick, um, because that happened last night. It uh, the Suns won. The Suns won one hundred twenty-two to one hundred five. Let me say, sure, you can look at the stats and you say, oh, Jokic twenty-two, Gordon eighteen, Porter fifteen. In the first quarter, I was dead scared because Porter was not missing. MPJ was not missing. Let me repeat. MPJ was hitting free points, dunking, tippings, hitting everything. Look, Devin Booker was not looking good in the first quarter. Everybody looked sluggish. The signs were coming out of the gates really slow. We even, we picked it back up, though. We kept going. We kept cross-scratching. We tied it 28 apiece after the first quarter. Second quarter... Was not really ours to have. Denver won that furry 29. And as I was watching that game, we started getting back into it. But I told uh, my dad that, okay, second quarter, Suns are going to turn around. We're going to come out fiery. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre, and it's going to be on fire like no one's ever believed before. And what did they do? DeAndre Ayn came out attacking the paint. When getting that ball, he was able to score 20 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul had 21 points. Chris Paul in that f- second half, mainly in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter, he was able to get a majority of his points. He was in the fourth quarter sealing the deal back-to-back good shots. His shoulders seemed not to bother him. No pain, facial expressions, no grabbing at his shoulder. He was hitting jumpers. He hit a clutch three-pointer, contested three-pointer, no inches, a dead on. He took a little move. Guy was right there, put a hand in his face, boom, it was over. Chris Paul hit it. The crowd was going wild. I think it was like sixteen or 18,000 uh, people attendance in the stadium. Crowd was roaring. We played electric fight and we just pounded. Nuggets had 10 point leads, 5 point leads, 12 point leads, but the Suns kept crawling back, kept hunting, kept digging in, and soon they were hitting shots. Jay Crowder routed off a few good frees. Mikhail Bridges hit a good, a few good shots, like free points, like mid Rangers. Dunks. We had some alley oops from Cameron Payne. To DeAndre Orton that sent everyone flying. We had three points from Devin Booker and Chris Paul. They left the Phoenix on social media manager who tweets and whatnot. Stunned. We had um we had some good moments, we had some bad moments, all moments that we need to fix. Jokic was attacking us hard, but DeAndre was attacking them harder. They were just finding better ways to score. And the Phoenix Suns just kept attacking in front of the second half on. And when the Suns turned it on, I mean, when the Suns turned on with Monty Williams being there saying, do not let up, they did not let up, and they just kept attacking, attacking. Jokic looked gassed. He did not look like he could do it anymore. He played, he played about, yeah, he played 36 minutes. And was, uh, was 10 of 23 with 9 rebounds. Overall, the Suns hit 38% of their frees, 85% of their free throws, and 54% of their field goals. 
outranking the Nuggets in every single way in each category. Had more rebounds, more assists, same amount of blocks, two less steals, one less turnover, uh, four less uh, points in the paint, plus fouls. This was truly something. We were hitting free throws. We were executing high. First half, it did not feel like a true thing since when, just because we were sluggish, we were not hitting things, we were not getting that rhythm like we were in the past two games against the Lakers. Like Devin Bugger said, like Monty said, like everyone said, this was going to be a whole new challenge, something that was going to take even more uh, preparation, execution, and they showed it the second quarter. Um, second half, I mean, they turn it around, and yeah, I was truly impressed. They won game one, which was huge. You always want to win game one and four, like we said in the Lakers-Suns uh, series, which the Suns won in six and sent uh, Lee Crybaby home with Anthony Strico's Davis and everyone else. But yeah, truly good win. That's how you want to start it. Um, next game's going to be really early, meaning it's going to be Wednesday, June 9th, 6.30 p.m. So in two days, check it for 6.30 p.m. As, yeah, it'll be live on TNT. Then we'll go down to Denver for Friday, June 11th, 7 p.m. And then one last game in Denver, game four, 5 p.m., Sunday, June 13th. And, yeah, we'll see where we go after game four. But I believe, yeah, this will all be on TNT, I believe. And good thing is since I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, I'm way deep down there. They don't have the blackout zones, the blackout areas where I can't get the games at. And I'm excited I'm able to get the games as this was electrifying. And I'm hoping the Suns can keep this up. I'll talk more about this um, actually Wednesday, which is tomorrow, so it's pretty cool. So I'll talk about that tomorrow morning, talk about what the Suns have to do to stop the Nuggets and vice versa for Nuggets being the Suns, and yeah, we'll just go from there. But overall, second half, you had to be there in the stands. The crowd was roaring. Every shot we were making, we had and. Uh, and one shots that was being four point plays, three point plays. We had everything. We were just getting to the line consistently. And it showed in the second half. And we stayed with it in the first half. Then in the second half, we reclaimed our throne and said, Hey, you don't have Jamal Murray, so we're going to attack your weakness. Jokic just gasped. Bard Yonja ain't is not. This is center on center. And our center was better. Devin Booker, um, was better than MPJ and Chris Paul played like a veteran mastermind. And real quick, that's all I have to say besides this. Real quick, I hate you, camera pain. Please stop taking shots. Please, uh, like you, you were just taking bad frees. Besides one really bad free that you made, you kept missing shots, taking bad looks. Looking out of control, and I get it, it's just how you play, but that could really cost the team 
like you missed a wide open layup against the Lakers. I could have changed the pace when they were within 10 or 15. When LeBron was starting to give a few more punches. And the Lakers gave him a few more punches before LeBron ultimately gave up. Because he has no will to play the game of basketball anymore. A, because he's told. B, he's a crybaby and doesn't know how to do anything else. And C, he rares. He'd rather be political than play the game basketball and enjoy life. Besides those three things, that campaign just looks very off. He just looked off that game. And it's not like it was bad, but he, yeah, he just looked very out of control. He tried to be fancy with some of his passes, which led to really bad turnovers, where he could have just did a nice, quick, balanced pass. Call day would have gotten that down DeAndre Ain uh, or even Devin Booker, but instead you had to do that fancy behind the back, trying to get it um, between his legs past. I don't know what he was doing. He was just frantic. He looked out of sorts because he was just moving around. He was fishing everywhere. He was just going absolutely crazy. But still, he... Um, he did not cost this game. He only got seven points, three uh, assists, and two rebounds. He was free of eight. I don't see why everybody's talking about him being a great player. He's not someone I want to be taking up the ball when Chris Paul's out, but I live with it. At least it's not while I have a group bit. But yeah, at least we have Chris Paul back. Chris Paul's short looks 100% better. Um, not 100%, but it looks a thousand times better. I would say it's like 70-80% complete, but one bad play can send him back into rehab, back into the lab of trying to work it out, but I'm excited. We'll see what they have tomorrow at five, at 6 p.m., and that will be that. Um, lastly, let's just run through it because the final games that we have today it's just 4.30 p.m. today. Hawks, I mean Sixers. I'm not going to break these things down too much. Because we talked about that a little bit before. And we're already past the hour mark. But, uh, first of all, today at 4.30 p.m. we have Hawks, I mean Sixers. I believe this is where the 76ers with Joel Embiid, with Levar Joel Embiid, with Ben Simmons, with Tobias Harris, with Seth Curry, with everyone... This is where they get the revenge game. This is where they say, okay, this is what we have to offer. And we're not giving up. This is where we get bounced back. We take back a game in Philly. Like, we can make this more manageable going down to Atlanta. Because as we know against the Knicks, Atlanta with Trey Young scorched them in those two game series. Like, they were free now in Atlanta against them, which ultimately sealed the deal. And you don't want to be the team that with Darren Moore, Doc Rivers, um, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Vice Harris, Seth Curry, all these different guys losing in the second round against the Hawks without playing a huge fight. So I'm going to pick 76ers to win by four. Close one. And yeah, we'll just see how it goes. Final game that we have in store for today. Only two again. Very, very light, but we have, um, we just have Clippers against Jazz, game one, 
That's going to be really exciting with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, with um, Patrick Beverly and whatnot. I'm going to be taking... I'm going to take... I'm going to... I'm not sure I'm making that mistake. I'm going to take Clippers, game one, get it on the road, see what they can do, and test their abilities, test their strength, test their durability, mobility, and everything else, awareness, everything they given during that seven-game stretch against the um, Dallas Mavericks. And we'll see what they can take it there in game one. Or now we'll see what Donovan Mitchell has. See how his ankle keeps holding up. Let's see how Rudy Gobert plays defensively and offensively. Let's see how Joe Ingles plays. Let's see how Joe uh, Jordan Clarkson plays. It's just going to be exciting. And I cannot wait. As always, guys, thank you for listening. We truly um, appreciate your support on listening to this podcast. And also signing up for our memberships. And if you have not yet... um. Go into the uh, description below, click on the two links. The first link is going to be talking about the description link. It's back to the website. However, we still give the same amount of breakdown on our job form. Don't worry. Um, don't think the job form is sketchy, which many people can fear that. But the job form basically is just there. Just so... We get your contact information, your email, your phone, or your first name, your full name. But then for your credit card stuff, that pretty much goes for Stripe. We don't deal with that. We don't sell it to third parties. We don't sell it to big corporations. We don't sell it to anybody. We don't, we don't care for your information because what was that going to do for us? We don't want to take your credit card stuff. The only time we want to is when we're just charging your card to free dollars. And where else Stripe puts to that total it all goes through Stripe, so don't worry about that. You never gave anything from stating that we need more money from you because that would just be a load of garbage, right? It's just going to be that $3, $2, or our plan you pick, like our highlight package and different things like that. So I would highly, uh, I highly recommend you hitting that link down in the description below, going to checking it out. You don't have to be pressuring again, just look at all of it. Remember all the calculations I broke down. Really good, really good, really good membership for the forty dollars a month one for all the stuff that you get, the four newsletters per four articles per month, the two newsletters per month, the four coupons per month, personalized emails per month. Um and different things like that with huge perks. Free, um, you get your first three days for free, for free for the first three days. So that's huge. Get the free trial that not many people are giving you. Like ESPN, I'm just making you pay the money up front. They won't give you any free trial, but we'll give you your first three days uh, for free. And that's all we got. Remember, you can find us at courtsheat.com, the mothership of all things sports and basketball related. Courseheat.com is where you can find everything. Uh, click our styling uh, swag um, shop. That's where you're able to get all of your clothing products from motivational stuff to sports stuff, the funny stuff, the comedy, to whatever you like. We have them in kids, women's, men's. We have them any size. We have.
mugs, t-shirts, pajamas, hoodies, uh, tank tops, and just different clothing things that make you stand up and make you have the swag that everybody else wish they had. You can find us at twitter.com slash course of heat, facebook.com slash course of heat, rumble.com slash course of heat, um... You can find us at uh, Google Podcast, search us in, iTunes, search us, YouTube, search us. This will all be one word, nothing fancy, one word or three words you decide, spe- excuse me, especially on iTunes. We'll still come up either way. iTunes uh, rem- uh, remodeled their app and whatnot. Looks really cool, so I will highly suggest following us. And yeah, you can find us on everywhere instagram.com court heat nba remember just go into the google machine type in one word court heat one word court heat no.com no nothing one word court heat one word court heat and to see all of our social media handles to see the website to see everything like our mccarr store or um our store like our clothing store and different things like that we have everything. Thank you guys again for listening. We will see you again here on Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. Right here, right now. We'll be breaking down both games that happen. Any more breaking news. Remember, we're updating the site constantly, consistently, every single day. Don't forget to go like, comment, share, subscribe. We truly appreciate it. And we'll see you guys on the next podcast episode. See you Wednesday, 8 a.m.